Alright, you guys. It is my lunch time. And I was checking in to see how you guys are doing. To see what's going on with you guys. And I was checking my emails. And I got one email from Taylor. Taylor Miku. And it said... You have truly been a blessing to me. Thank you. How, how have you been able to love to get through the pain? I think she meant, how have I been able to get through the pain in order to love? I'm thinking that that's what she mean. Either way, it's okay. Um, I prayed a lot, uh, a whole lot. Um, like I said, I, I, there are things that have happened in me and my, in, in my family that have caused a lot of damage and a lot of rift, you know, specifically with me and my mom and some of my siblings. But I love them, and they know that I love them. They know that they can always come to me, but I also know that I can't come to them in the same capacity. Um, and honestly, I wouldn't go to them um, unless I had no other choice and someone else went with me without me knowing. Um, but I, I prayed a lot and I went to counseling. I went to therapy because I was angry for a long time. And um, my patience was very short. And I didn't want to inflict that on the children because it wasn't their fault that things had happened the way it happened and my life was the way it was. It wasn't their fault. So I wanted to make sure that I didn't inflict any negativity onto them and make them feel like they were to blame for anything that I was going through. So, um, yeah, I prayed a lot and I went to therapy. And what my therapist did was made me keep a journal. And with this journal, um, I had to write down five things that I really, really, really admired about myself. Five things that I was just totally disgusted with or felt like I was disgusted with. And five things that I would want to change. And I did that. And then once I did that and I came back and we went over it, she wanted me to look at them and get an understanding of what it is that I wrote. Because once you really look at it and, you know, pay attention to what you write, there's really not five things you really hate about yourself, five things that you really wish that you would change, five things that um, you were really disgusted with. You will actually understand that all those things were pretty much basically intertwined into one thing. So instead of being 15 things, it's probably like five things and probably two or three things that I would want to change. Um, but yeah, I, I did a lot of praying, a, a lot of um, therapy, 
and I just stepped out of mine. It's almost like stepping out of your body. Um, I had to get out of my head because I didn't want to be judged. And I didn't want to be looked at in a, in a negative or ugly way because I was so accustomed to being this passive-aggressive, submissive type of person. So I didn't want them to think of me as a worst person or anything like that. So it, it took a lot. I'm going to be honest with you. It took a lot because I'd been through a lot. Um, and, and again, every day isn't like the best day and every day is not easy. But once through therapy, I learned what the biggest of my pain was stemmed from, like where it was really coming from like the root of it oh my god I was able to break free and I was able to take a break from my marriage and um, get to know me get to know the children you know get to know people around me and also um, help me to accept that pain that I went through and not continue to be that pain, you know? So, yeah, um, I hope that helps. That's the best I can do. Um, but yeah, babe, keep praying, it's, it's not easy. And even now, years, years, years later, there are still trying days. Like, I feel like I was cheated. I feel like the children was cheated. And I feel like my, my mother didn't give us everything that she gave my other siblings and her other grandkids. Um, and sometimes I'm, I'm hurt. I'm disappointed. Some days when I see her with her other grandkids, I want to break down and cry. But I don't want to give them the power of knowing that that bothers me. So when I get home and I, I get in the tub, I let it out. I, I cleanse my soul. I have to. Um, but it, it's not just you go through this and then it's done with. You're going to have some ups and downs. But you just have to keep pushing, keep praying, staying true to yourself, be honest, be respectful, be mindful of other people and not inflict that pain onto other people. But first of all, you have to heal from that pain. And you have to forgive and let go. And when that saying, when people say, don't do it for them, do it for you, it's really the truth. And what they mean by that is so that you can move on, and so that you're not full of resentment, so that you're not angry all the time when you see them, so that you're not consumed with just rage of want to pay somebody back. You know what I mean? So that's really what they, what they mean. It's like washing your spirit and your, your mind and your just washing you clean of all the pain and the hurt and the negativity that's staying on your shoulder, that's wearing you down, so that you can, you're able to tackle everything else that comes to you. So, I hope it helps. And again, thank you so much, sweetie, for the emails. I appreciate it. It means a lot to me. I promise you it does. Thanks for the support. God bless. I was watching what Angela Ray 
was telling off this conservative about himself as she passionately defend Alton Sterling on live CNN broadcast political commentator Angela Ray and conservative radio host Ben Ferguson debated the NRA gun control and the Second Amendment. While making a point about gun control, Rye said that the NRA does not protect black lives and that she was not there to play games. The point is the Second Amendment doesn't even apply to black lives. It doesn't apply to Philando Castile or Alton Sterling. Rye said she was frustrated but not surprised by the outcome of Sterling's case. Ferguson then chimed in with nonsense. He said police officers tried to use non-lethal force on Sterling Ferguson added that Sterling was found with a gun in his pocket. According to Ferguson, that made him worthy of death. You don't get to negotiate with the police when you have a gun in your pocket and when you're fighting them and resisting arrest while they're tasing you, Ferguson said. On July 5, 2016, 37-year-old Baton Rouge resident Alton Sterling was standing outside of a convenience store when, he, when an altercation with police resulted in his death. Official Blaine Solomon and Harvey Lake will not face charges for killing Sterling. Rod gave the perfect response to Ferguson ignorance. You are out your damn mind, she said. You are out your mind. Because let me tell you why this is the only country, this is the only place in the world where someone will get killed and we talk about what's in their system. What I'm telling you is he was not fighting police. What I'm telling you is he was fighting for his life and mercy. And if you don't understand that, I don't know how to help you. If you go back and you watch the clip, you could see just how frustrated she was. Like, I was frustrated when I watched that clip. But I was so moved. I respect her. And it's just sad that a lot of people think the way he thinks. It is, it's sad. It's sad. You know, people want to make it about, you know, race or whatever. It's not. Just like um, um, Don Lemon did an interview with uh, Stephen Clark's brother. And it went ugly. You could tell that his brother was angry. He was frustrated. Um... Um, at one point in the interview, uh, Mr. Lemon asked him how he was holding up right now in reference to his brother being shot 20 times in their grandmother's backyard. And then um, Clark proceeded to ring a bell and, tell, and told the anchor to move on to a different question. He didn't want to talk about it. So Lemon addressed the awkwardness of the moment and tried to speak about the grief of Clark's losing his brother. Um, Clark and Clark denied grieving and talked instead and about how the media was swarming his family and he said I'm not in grief he beginning he starts saying the media keeps following us everywhere we go um, Clark 25 then said that the Sacramento mayor is the only person who got the message before discussing how the city planned to earn a Stephens life with a library and a recreational center. He then went on a tirade about how the media ruins lives forever. And then he told Mr. Lemon to let him speak to his people because they're both black. Um, Lemon interjected and said, asked him, can he let him get a word in? 
He said he had to manage the time so that he can get something out. He can get some things out from this interview. He then asked Clark to talk about, you know, talk about your brother, please. And the, the brother just got more frustrated at Lemon and he demanded that Lemon say his name. Like, you know, say his name. Say his name. It, it was ugly. So after realizing the interview wasn't going nowhere, Lemon closed by thanking Clark for his time and sending his condolences to his family. And when Clark was off screen, Lemon told viewers maybe it was just a little too soon for him to be on television. He said he hoped his family gets justice and he was welcome back on his show. Um, and the thing about it, that could have easily went a different way. Lemon could have easily done what some um, hosts do. They use that, you know, and then they decide to paint a different picture rather than respecting that this family is still in pain and this family is still going through things or whatever. They'd rather paint the picture that, you know, he's an angry man and, you know, just everything other than what the reality of it really is. Um, so I respect Lemon for that. I, it, it, I appreciate that. Anyway, carrying on. The method to, to Roger P. Henderson on screen madness. To Roger P. Henderson is sharing this method to her on-screen madness of the Aquaman. Um, she is angry like no other. Uh, it's a Tyler Perry romantic theater. Thriller. Um, acrimony. To my acronym. What the hell is wrong with me? Acrimony. Um, They're pulling it into the decades, a long love story of Melanie and Robert, two college-educated dreamers who find each other at critical points in their lives. Um, their years of love and commitment are wrought with challenges, like most couples can relate, but the inevitable official drives male to the brink of sanity, a journey captured masterfully by Taraji P. Henson. Um, Taraji on Living Between Takes, but how does she achieve such a believable level of despair without compromising her own mental state? Rumors have swirled for years that actor like Heath Ledger didn't fully recover from burning to the depths of their own darkness for a role. Well, Taraji said, you know, I first off, I do. I read the script. I know her. I do the backstory. I write all that stuff. And then once I have the character, then I have it. There's no more I need to do you know I go to work I do my job so I live in between takes I literally have to laugh and be silly because this is deep and heavy who wants to live in that space I can't stay in that all the time you know so that's just how I work it's incredible to see her go in and out it's like seamless that's what her co-star um, Lyric Ben who plays her husband Robert it just makes space um, cute. 
girl so we can get some crab legs because you know I got some shoes I gotta get in action make space um, it's like it doesn't phase her and not a lot of actors can do that it's a good thing when you can have somebody who can just you know your leading lady is like that oh yeah it sets the pace of everything else when you can just do your thing and not be too rigid he said Taraji and Tyler Perry on when to quit at the heart of acrimony's drama is a tenacious pursuit of happiness by both pornogamous one in business the other in love the conflict comes to a head when those individual passions collide and tear asunder their happy union but when when does one know when to let go that's going to be my question when does one know when to let go? Which I talked about that before in my podcast. Anyway, it's a Tyra says, Well, I don't know when to say I cut my losses because I'm all in. Uh, who famously brought himself from the brick of homelessness to bring one of the most powerful black men in Hollywood. He said, I'm an all in guy. I kept going until I got there, so I'm not the person to ask. You'd have to ask someone who did cut their losses. That's why I wrote him from that point of view of this is going to work no matter what happens. But the difference in me and in him, meaning Robert, is that I was working all the way through. I was supporting myself. I wasn't letting someone else do all the heavy lifting in me just reap the benefit of one day having a dream. Um... It depends on how bad you want it, says Taraji, because according to people in my life surrounding me, I moved out to L.A. to go after my dream too late. Some people thought 26 was too late, so it's just all up to you because that sounds like a judgmental question. You can't tell me what's too late. You can't just because it worked for this person. That was their journey. My journey is different. So, yeah, so follow Taraji. Larry's on the journey to love and lust and acrimony in theaters this Friday, you guys. Um, so I am all for it. Yes, honey. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And Kimori Lee Simmons is going back to school, you guys. Yeah. She realized that there's still much more to learn when it comes to honing her craft. The fashion mogul has been quietly raising her family for the last few years. However, in true Kamari fashion, she's shaking things up by going back to school. Simmons has enrolled as a business student at the University of Hartford. Um, she's 42. She took the Instagram down in her college sweatshirt to share that she's enrolled at the school and has even had the opportunity to conduct a lecture as well. Um, she said, I taught in a business class today as well as gave a lecture at the University of Hartford where I'm also a hashtag student. Um, she shared it on Instagram. She also said thank you, hashtag you are for having me. I had a great day with you. See you soon. So Black Twitter is calling Tyrone Hankerson Jr. and we can't stop laughing in an exchange on Instagram with a fan. Simmons says she is pursuing a business degree with her extensive knowledge as the former CEO, creative director of Babyfat. 
Simmons could get enough credit to propel her to senior year. She is a fashion trailblazer who paved the way for other celebrities to create apparel empires. The six-foot-tall St. Louis native got her started in the fashion industry modeling for Chanel and Carl Lagerfeld before joining forces with her ex-husband, Russell Simmons, to make the baby fat brand an international success. So, Simmons is not the one. It's not the only celeb that's going back to school. Nick Cannon signed up to be a full-time student at Howard University. The comedian and political activist even took a criminal justice class called Inside Out. Crime and Justice Behind the Wall, which met at local D.C. correctional treatment facility, Swiss Beats. He graduated from Harvard University Business School with an MBA and plans to release a documentary called From the Bronx to Harvard. Harvard. Tyra Banks attended Harvard's business school as well. The former Victoria's Secret angel originally gave up college for modeling and said that she owed it to herself to finish. So, yay, you guys. I'm so happy. I love when we, we go after stuff and we push ourselves to make ourselves better. Like, I'm here for it, honey. Mm. Yes. I'm just listening to the people around me talk. <laughs> yeah, okay. One more thing of news. The gyro. Um, this is another news feed that was sent to me. Was a black actor details racist attack. I'm white. I can kill you. And nothing... Can happen. A black actor took to social media to detail a heroic racist attack with a glass bottle on social media. But it's what the attacker said to him that most disturbing. I'm sad that she feels such hate, that she lives with hate, wrote Marcus Macklin just hours after the racist attack on March 4th that left blood streaming down his face. An immigrant from Cameron. Macklin is a professional actor who also goes by Elton Prince professionally. Macklin said that he went out with a group of friends in Madrid, Madrid for coffee early Saturday morning when they arrived at the coffee bar. A woman approached him. I don't want black people in this place or in front of me, the woman reportedly said. Macklin wrote that he attempted to defuse the racist attack, believing that if he would have become irate, things would have gotten worse. I will only be here for a moment, and then I'm leaving. He said, I don't have any interest in staying near you for long. According to Macklin, that's when the situation escalated, and the woman called him a black piece of sh shit. Macklin reports that he asked the woman to calm down, and that's when she began attacking him with a glass bottle. The next thing you know, I was hit with a bottle in my right eyebrow, and blood began to sprout me. To this act of violence, I've given him love and try to keep calm because as you see the person in question who appears in the picture if he had reacted to that act with violence it would have gone very badly mason said his attacker hit him twice on the head causing cuts and bruises but the woman's vicious words during the racist attack cut even deeper i'm white 
I can kill you and nothing will happen. The aftermath, I can't upload his photos of the racist attack to Facebook showing the wounds that resulted in him needing seven stitches to close the wounds. Now I'm in my house and I look through these images of his injuries. I do not feel any hate towards the woman. I want to say that I'm not angry with her and I don't know why I'm sad that she feels such hate, that she lives with hate. It saddens me that she does not enjoy life, that she doesn't leave a small space in her heart to love. The restaurant owner ex Bravado then called the police reports. The Washington Post authorities arrived, detained the woman for a few minutes, and then released her after she gave a statement. The Spanish Immigration and Refugee Support Network had reported the incident as a hate crime and asked Midrick prosecutor to pursue an immediate sentence. A racist attack in a bar Midrick nearly left me without an eye. Racism would never defeat us. Love, love, and love. According to L. Paris, the racist attack on Macan, McCain I don't know. Comes a week after the Council of Europe releases a report urging Spain to create an independent anti-racism body. Spain and the microstate of San Marino are reportedly the only members of the 47 strong councils that still lack an organization designed to tackle racism. Um, they had people that were commenting majority of them was white. They were saying, I bet everything, the group of friends he was with was white, and they stood there and watched while all of that happened. And then someone said, does it really matter if his friends were white? The fact that the fact that was important is that the action by what I would consider to be a coward picking on someone he felt was an easy target, that was matter, was that didn't stop this nothing whatever, whom they called a friend from starting something that his boys could have stopped him. His friends did have no favor by letting him attack another person. If there was a problem, call the police and or have his friends calm him down. If they were there and did nothing, they're also guilty. I don't think I could have walked away. <laughs> uh, I don't think I could have walked away. Okay, my listeners, please send me articles or send me stuff that's kind of positive and motivational, please. I appreciate the support. I appreciate y'all reaching out to me and all that stuff. But I want some positivity in my life.
Oh my God. They're saying that Fabulous reportedly arrested for assaulting his girlfriend, Emily B. I thought they got married. They didn't get married? Okay, let's see. Brooklyn rapper Fabulous was reported arrested on Wednesday night after allegedly assaulting his girlfriend, Emily Bustamante, according to TMZ. The former loving hip hop reality star allegedly called the police on Fab after claiming that the rapper hit her at the home they shared in Inglewood, New Jersey. After the incident, Fabulous turned himself into authorities with his attorney by his side. The rapper born John Jackson was not required to spend time in jail but was cited for alleged incident and given a date to make a court appearance. Bustamante and Jackson have had an on and off again relationship. The couple shared two children together, 10 year old. Johan and two-year-old Jonas. The story is still developing. I I thought they were married. Um, hmm. That goes to show. I don't know what I I I, I was reading because I, I yeah. Hmm. Stupid me. I thought that they were married. Okay, well, all I know is hitting a woman is a cowardly act. I don't care who it is. I don't care why. I don't care how frustrated you get. I don't care if the alcohol was it played a part. I don't care if she was aggressive. I don't care. I don't care. It's a cowardly act. And with that being said, I'm not going to say anything negative about her because nine times out of ten, they will figure out a way to get back together and make this work, I guess. So, I, I just pray that the children are not seeing this and the children do not think that that's normal. That's, yeah, that's all I have to say on that part. Yeah. Okay. On Huff Post, there's this kid who was hugged who hugged the cop in bar protest that feared dead in family car um, plunge. A boy who hugged the cop in a photo that went viral amid national unrest over police shooting was missing after his family SUV plunged off a cliff and Minnesota, yeah, Minnesota County, California, killing at least five, according to the sheriff. Minnesota County Sheriff Tom Alman on Wednesday identified the deceased parents as Jennifer and Sarah Hart, both 38, of Woodland, Washington, who were found still inside the upside-down car in a shallow water. The bodies of three of their adopted children, 19-year-old Marquise, 14-year-old Jeremiah, and 14-year-old Abigail, were recovered nearby. Alma believes the boys in our video, Devontae, 15, and two other siblings, Hannah, 16, and Sierra 12 were also passengers in the vehicle when it plummeted into the ocean on Monday. Calls to 911 alert police. We know that the entire family vanished, Alma said in a news conference Wednesday. Despite reports, reports of turmoil in the family, Alma said law enforcement believed the tragedy was an accident. In 2014, Devontae provided a unified moment amid nationwide demonstrations after police officers escaped indictment for fatal shooting teenager Michael Brown of Ferguson, Missouri, at a protest in Portland, Oregon. A police officer saw Devontae being 12 holding a free hug sign and asked to share an embrace.
the two hugs and the image of the black child and white officer became a sensation on social media. Crazy. Mm, my heart hurts. They said Trump personally phoned Rosanna Barr about her ratings. <laughs> uh, have y'all seen Rosina, Rosanna Barr? She went on Jimmy Kimmel's show and was telling him that he needed to zip his effing lip about the president. At least Vice President Mike Vince takes over. Um, I kind of, I didn't get it. I didn't get why her wrinkle face ass came on that man's show that you knew do not support Trump and expected what? You got the support from Trump, so kudos to you. I lost nothing but respect for her. And it's not even about her supporting Trump. It's just the way you went about doing it. It was a publicity stunt that you used to promote. So I um, yeah, I'm over and I'm done with it. So, yeah. So, all right, you guys, that is it for me. I am going back to work. I will be back later. And I actually feel kind of positive. I'm not talking about all this stuff and stuff. Um, my prayers goes out for this child and his family. Um, it's a lot. You guys, it's been fabulous. I'll be back later. Peace. Stay tuned, you guys. Stay tuned. The fried Oreo, the one and only. Thank you, darling. I appreciate you for calling back and giving me your suggestions. I appreciate it. Thank you. you guys it is 4 32 in the evening i need a love to hate to hate here from baton rouge louisiana <sighs> i've made it home it is my weekend yes mm -hmm. and you know what i came on here just to brag that i wasn't the one talking about the traffic today usually when i'm on the phone with with people 
you know, they laughing at me because I'm talking about how stupid people drive. Or I don't understand why the traffic's so slow or backed up. And then when you get up a little closer, you don't see nothing. Well, it ain't me this time, you guys. <laughs> and I love it. Now they see. That's just natural. And then they say I'm a third degree. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. If I was a third degree, I'd blow my horn at every last one of them, them fruckers. They can't hear me, so they don't know if I'm cursing them out or not. I be wanting them to see my face. You know when people do something stupid and they know they did something stupid, they won't even turn around and look at you. I still be looking. Yeah, I'm looking. And you know I'm looking. That's why you won't look over here, dummy. Dummy. Ooh. Make my ass hurt. All right. So, what do you guys have planned for the Good Friday, Easter weekend? Do people, do a lot of people even celebrate Easter? Because I know when we were younger, we celebrated Easter a lot, but a lot of people don't celebrate Easter like they used to. I mean, I, I it's not the same to me, but I still celebrate it. Oh, cool. I'm being nosy, you guys. That's why it's just silence right now. Wait, what? Okay, they say Washington State bans gay conversion therapy for minors. What is conversion therapy? What does that even mean? Well, let me see if I can figure it out. Um, Wednesday, Governor stop. Okay, it's the new law that stops licensed healthcare practitioner from performing the therapy on individuals under the age of 18. Okay, what procedure? Um, okay, conversion therapy is the practice of trying to change a person's sexual orientation or gender identity. Whoa. Many members of the LGBTQ community find the method to be grossly abusive and many who have had forms of the therapy say it is harmful and lacks scientific backing. Oh, wow. So, Senator Marco is banning the conversion therapy. It sends a loud and unequivocal message to LGBTQ youth. There's nothing wrong with you. The openly gay lawmaker who sponsored the bill said, As a community, we love and support every person, and we celebrate the diversity that makes us stronger. I'm proud that Washington is standing up for our queer youth, and I look forward to the day that these monstrous practices are illegal in every state. I didn't know people still use the word queer. I thought some people feel queer is disrespectful. 
I know my cousin who is gay thinks that is is disrespectful. They said the methods are still regarded as harmful to minors because there is limit to no scientific evidence that someone's sexual or gender identity can be altered. Um, many studies also show increased rates of suicide among LGBTQ youth who are forced to undergo conversion therapy by their parents or guardians. Oh, wow. Why would you want to take your children or child through that? Because... That's not going to make them not be gay. Am I conf am I missing something? Okay. I don't know. I didn't even know people still used to wear queer. Um, my cousin told me that majority of people in his circle do not like that word. So I made it my business not to use it around him. You know, so I, I didn't even know people use it. And I didn't even know what conversion therapy was, to be honest with you. I just learned something today. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, as a mother, I don't know if I, I can't see myself going through that. Wrapping my mind around putting a child into therapy to make them be a certain way. I, I, I don't know. That's just me. Anyway, carrying on. Sometimes I think BET just be trying to find stuff to make news about. You know, because they were talking about how Adrian had revealed that her and Rob was raising a kid together. You know, because Adrian is married to the gospel singer who his ex-wife said that he was cheating on her with or whatever. And, you know, Rob and China with all their issues or whatever. And so they said that um, Adriana and Rob... Although they were long time, they are long time exes. They they once. Oh God, something is in my eye. The two shared a responsibility that is meant to be lifelong. In most recent episode of the Real, the co-host explained that she and the reality star are actually the godparents to one of her family members. She said, "Me." And actually Rob our godparents to my little cousin. And she said, I think once we broke up, we never even thought about it again. I don't think my family was seeking him out like, you're a bad godfather. You didn't come back. Things happen. People move on. It just gets weird. Expounding on why it's weird, she added that while it was a proud moment they once shared, she doesn't regret the, the route things went. She said, we were together. We went to North Carolina for her christening. It was a great moment. But I think even now, they'd be like, nah, because it's weird. She didn't make it clear whether or not the two are still the little one's godparents. So, 
did me and you have a conversation about godparents the other day? And see, the way I grew up, a godparent is like a second parent. Law forbid something were to happen to the birth parents. And regardless to if the godparents are a couple or the godparents not together, they still are godparents to that child and they still should be godparents to that child. But I don't understand what's weird about it unless you asked him to be a godparent because you thought that you was going to make some money or you did it for show or entertainment or that purposes. Because if you actually asked Rob to be the godfather because you felt like he would have been a good godfather, then you should have still expected for him to be a godfather to the child, regardless if these two are together or not. I'm just saying. I mean, what do you think? No opinion? Okay. I don't know. I just think it's kind of weird. So. So. We. We don't know. Oh my god. These people are sick individuals. They said that the alleged Parkland shooter has received sexual photos, fan mail, and hundreds of dollars in donation while he's awaiting trial. You fucking kidding me? kidding me like what's wrong with these weird people like i don't understand because just like with um manson what's his name he's dead now right charles manson i mean he women want to marry him and everything like y'all crazy yeah Yeah, the the public defender, Howard Frankenstein, said in his 40 years as a public defender, he has never seen anyone receive as much mail as Nicholas Cruz, the 19-year-old accused of killing 17 people last month in Parkland, Florida. Cruz has been receiving scores of mails from fans and admirers across the country while he awaits trial on 17 counts of first-degree murder. Some of the letters offer friendship and encouragement. Others extend wishes for his soul. Frankelson say those letters are read to Cruz, who's currently on suicide watch and cannot receive his mail. Still, others send provocative photos and love notes declaring their attraction to and affection for the accused murderer. Those who have left Frankelson rattled. We have not and will not read him the fan letters or share the photos of scantily clad teenage girls, the public defender told the son. The letters shake me up because they are written by regular, everyday teenage girls from across the nation. That scares me. It's perverted. Cruz has also received around 800 worth of donation to his commissary account. Among the mail the son Setno got his hands on is a letter mail from Texas which reads, I'm, an 18, I'm 18 years old. I'm a senior in high school. When I saw your picture on the television, something attracted me to you, the girl said. Beautiful eyes and freckles, then describes herself as white and skinny with big brown eyes and a 34C size breast. The nose was tucked inside an envelope covered with hand-drawn hearts and happy faces. Another 18-year-old from New York wrote to Cruz telling him to keep his head up. No one else is dealing with your demons, meaning maybe defeating them could be the beginning of your meaning, friend. It isn't just teenagers reaching out to Cruz. An older woman from Chicago sent Cruz nine photos, including shots of her cleavage 
in a bikini eating a popsicle and a close-up shot of her backside as she bends over. This is far from the first time a mass killer has sparked admiration from strangers. Ted Bundy may be among the most notorious examples of this expiring Bonifias doing files, I'm sorry, during his trial and after his conviction, as Jess Com Commons at Refinery 29 writes, these women will show up to the courtroom wearing their hair parted down the middle and hoop earrings on the assumption that this style matched his victims. Bundy eventually married one of his admirers while still on trial. The article notes, Charles Manson, Jeffrey Dahmer, and Brother Loyal, and Eric Mendez are other examples of this phenomenon, which is clinically known as, I can't even pronounce that word, hyperstophil. Yeah, it's hyperstophil. But how is that a word? Pristophilia. Hemophilia. Pristophilia. That's stupid. I think they just be making up damn words. Sexual arousal sparked over someone committing an offensive or violent act. At the Sun Sentinel reports, Cruz fans have also created a support group for each other on Facebook called Nicholas Cruz, the first victim. What? The group, which is now secret, recently had 300 members and featured a photo of Cruz wearing a baseball hat and glasses. Hashtag on the page include hashtag stop bullying, hashtag our boy, and hashtag Nick fam. Florida prosecutors have indicated that they will be seeking the death penalty for Cruz. I'm the, I, I, the fact that they doing this, these people ain't finna stop shooting up these schools and stuff. These people is not finna stop doing all this hate, all this murdering people. They're not finna stop doing this. Oh, wow. M.I.A., the female rapper, um, she, um, I can't even think of the song she's on, but Remy Ma was featured on the song as well. And she's actually pretty good, and she was on Love & Hip Hop, too. Um, she's accusing Jay-Z of pushing her into a slave deal. The uh, female rapper said that if you're talking about racism and sexism, that moment in my life showed the cracks in everyone I knew. Throughout, excuse me, throughout his industry tenure, Jay-Z has overseen the career of several musicians as one of the world's best-selling artists of all time. Farb's top wealthiest hip-hop artist of 2018 and founder of music label Powerhouse Rock Nation. Sierra Lankin, feminist, MIA, was one of his protégés from 2012 through the end of 2013. However, in a new Huck Magazine interview, she claimed that a sticky situation with the NFL proved that her then-manager wasn't the leader she thought he was. The Paper Plains artist sat down with the magazine to speak about her new documentary, Mantango Maya MIA. In this discussion, she relocated, recollected re the 2012 Super Bowl halftime controversy where the NFL filed a 16.6 million lawsuit against her for flipping her middle finger at the camera during her performance. MIA eventually reached a settlement with the organization two years later. But prior to the deal, she alleged that Hove urged her to sign into another settlement purpose. 
proposed for the NFL that she linked to slavery. If you're talking about racism and sexism, that moment in my life showed the cracks in everyone I knew. I was a rock nation at the time and Jay-Z was managing me. The lawsuit was so ridiculous, it proposed that they would keep 100% of my earnings for the rest of my life if I ever earned more than $2 million. Jay-Z was like, you should sign that shit. And I was like, no. She added that people scrutinized her for rejecting the deal simply because things could be worse. A middle finger was like, get a fucking grip, she said. People were like, oh, you're lucky you're not in jail. Give up all your profit, be the slave for the rest of your life. Hove has never commented on the matter. Nor the servants of Rock Nation's management relationship with her. Thus, it's safest in this case to take her claims with a grain of salt. Um... To put slavery in the same category as that is appalling to me. Because you still had a decision. You still said, no, I don't have to. Slavery, these people didn't have an option to say no. These people couldn't say, well, I ain't doing that. And you go home and you figure out how you're going to pay or how you're going to get paid. No, you say, no, I'm killing you. You stand up to me, I'm killing you. I'm raping your wife, I'm taking your children, and I'm killing you. How, are we stupid? Like, we're really some stupid people, and then you wonder why these other people don't respect us. That's why they don't respect us, because we fucking stupid. Slavery. Get your ass out of here. And truth be told, I'm going to be honest with you, I ain't know nothing about it. I seen on Love and Hip Hop when my daughter was watching it and replaying it back. And that's when the first time I saw on knew who she was. And then when I heard the song that Remy Ma was featured on, that she was on as well, that's when I was like, oh, okay, all right, all right, she could flow. But I can't tell you nothing else that she did. I'm, I'm sorry. I can't. But kudos to the women rappers. I guess. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Vivica Fox is getting her own show. I'm getting tired of Vivica Fox, though. I mean, I love her her, her push, her drive, her, her hunger to be successful and all that good stuff and I, I applaud her for being honest she had a great sexual relationship with 50 cent she loved it it was amazing it rocked the world all that good stuff but you still talking about 50 cent ugly ass you still talking about 50 cent girl get the fuck girl mm-mm And then he talking about, and then he hollering about, if they had been a man still talking about a woman, like, like Vivica talking about me, people would say I'm stalking. Y'all asses do be stalking. And you still be saying you don't. 
But if a man talking about a woman coochie is still good, that's not stalking. If a man popping up at a, at a woman's house, following her around, calling her, that is stalking. That's the difference. If a woman got some good poo-na-na, she got some good poo-na-na. If the dude happened to be putting it down and putting it down, take it as a damn compliment and move on. Jesus. Because I'm sorry. Anybody that be with 50 Cent, y'all stupid anyway. Ain't, ain't nobody finna be with... No. 50 Cent, he's like another woman. If you're not gay, if you're not bisexual, if you don't like women, to me, when I think of 50 Cent, I think of another woman. Because he's messy. And he's crazy. And in case y'all haven't figured it out, I'm not a fan. Y'all can't hear them in my ear, you know, with their little sarcasm-ass comments. And as you know, DMX is going back to jail for tax evasion. <sighs> I love, you know, DMX. I, I feel bad for all the demons that he had to deal with his whole life. And I know that he believes in God. I do feel that. I don't feel like that's a front or anything like that. But why these people why these people don't want to pay their taxes though? Exactly. I just, I don't, I don't know, I don't get it, but, you know. Did y'all see, uh, did you see, like, the first male NFL cheerleader that joined the L.A. Rams? Leaders, it's two of them, it's, it's, yeah, two men. They're making cheerleading squad history. For the NFL. Yes, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but it's never been in the NFL. So it's like... Mm -hmm. I don't know. Right. And I'm still, I'm so tired of hearing about Ray J and, and his pregnant wife and his family and, and Brandy and Brandon mama not coming to a baby shower. Nobody care. It's a baby shower. You had, you had two of them. Gosh, like, like who cares? It's a baby, like, who, did she get your gift? Did, did she get your gift? Okay, when when if it ever come a hard time and you need a babysitter and she ain't got nothing to do, you think she won't babysit for you? Yes, you know she will babysit for you. So shut the hell up. Gosh, y'all just want to be in the news so bad. Who cares? I'm I'm over Princess and Ray J anyway. I was over them with love and hip hop. Like they were so aggravating. Gosh.
Um, he said, listen, you have good days and you have bad days in family. It's just unfortunate. Sometimes people kind of take certain things they see and go out and let the public know. For us, we'll be fine. So he said, we're right at the end stage, about to have a baby. So it's intense. I'm just holding my wife and making sure she's okay, making sure she's comfortable and she feels warm and positive. And then from there, the family stuff will always be loved no matter what. But I got to make sure the baby and the wife are okay right now. Um, first of all, your wife is the one that took it to the social media. Brandy posted a comment, you know, about the baby shower and your wife went under the post and made a comment and people took it and ran with it. So I'm not mad at Brandy and I'm not mad at, at Sandra. No, I'm not mad at, at Miss Norway. I'm not. Exactly. Because, see, I think the problem that people are making a big deal out of it is because Miss Norway didn't quite accept their relationship in the beginning, but eventually she came around. And Brandy and, and Princess, you know, to me, from what I've seen, it just seemed like they always had a good um, decent relationship. You know, until recently. I, I don't know, but Brandy know the mama didn't show up at the baby shower. But the mama said that they had they'd already had a prior engagement, so that's why they couldn't come. But before the mama could even post that, Miss Princess wanted to get under the post and let everybody know that she you know, that Brandon and Mama ain't come. Mm, no. Yeah. So, yeah. So, it's, it's crazy. Why are they still talking about Craig McFinnell? When? It, I don't know. I'm being nosy. So, what y'all hearing now is different news feeds of things people sending me and things that I'm I'm running across. Um let's see. Okay, something disappointing happened at Craig's Mac Funeral. The passing of Bad Boy Records flagship artist Craig Mack broke forth an outpour of condolences and recognition of his honorable contributions to hip hop in early March. But according to DJ Scratch, the same energy wasn't brought to his funeral on Wednesday. Oh, his funeral was yesterday. Oh. Scratch posted a picture of the late Craig's Mac's obituary with a message hinting at what a weird day it was. I've never been to a service for someone famous, and I was the only famous person to show up, he wrote in the caption. Very weird day today, but what puts a smile on my face is that Lil Bro was at peace way before he passed away. That's what matters most to me. Wow. The funeral reportedly took place in his hometown of Long, Long Island, New York. Though Stratch revealed that he was the only industry face in attendance, fans pointed out that bad boy first lady faith evan posted the formation for his memorial service as well hopefully there's some sort of reasonable explanation for stretch observation i don't know 
Huh? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's the case, but how you not show up to his funeral? But you know what's funny? Since I'm reading that, I didn't see anything about his funeral. And it's sad because I didn't even know his funeral was yesterday. I thought they had already had his funeral. Is that bad? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. These people were on Twitter going in on Fabulous and Emily B. Like, they were saying, well, he probably jumped on her because she probably asked him again to marry him. Which, I am lost. Because I thought he married the woman. I honestly thought Fabulous and Emily B. was married. But then what made me mad was people was like, oh, you know... Emily, Emily probably mad because Fab ain't got no money, and you know she probably that girl got money. That girl got her own name going for herself. So you know what I'm saying? Like I don't understand why people automatically think that women, every woman, is piggybacking off of somebody else's success or what somebody else has succeeded at. You know what I mean? Like, as if a woman can't do what she needs to do. But you know what the problem is? And that's why people get mad with black women and say, well, black women mad like Tay Diggs. I am no longer a fan of his. Like, he is a cute little thing. You know what I mean? But I'm not a fan of his. Because you're stupid. And it's dumb ass people like you that make putting black women down justified. And you being with someone outside your race. I don't care if you want to be with 20 anorexia ass bitches or 70 overweight ass white bitches. I don't fucking care. Most black women do not care. There are some that do. But most don't. What pisses black women off, such as myself, is when you try to justify why you are attracted to a white woman. It's none of my business why you are attracted to a white woman. But don't make it sound like because black women are ignorant and black women be... Really? So all these black women in the world and every black woman ignorant, every black woman ghetto, every black woman be with the air thing, every black... Some of that is an act. Some women just do that. Like, you would think the way I talk on my podcast that I talk that way all the time. And I don't. When I'm with my friends, I'm I'm chilling out Anita. I'm on podcasts, you're going to get a mixture. 
You're going to get whatever emotion that I'm feeling about whatever topic that I'm talking about. You're going to get the jokey, giddy, weird, childish, immature type of Anita. You're going to get the, yes, honey, don't make me flip my hair. You're going to get that. And you're going to get the Ebonics type, you know, I don't even know. She don't be knowing. You're going to get that too. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying. Because what had happened was, you know, you didn't misunderstand who, who I was. You just want me to be a certain way for you. And then white women get mad and be like, oh, well, black women think that we just these little puppets, that these black men, motherfucker, they the one said it. They the one saying y'all stay in y'all place. They the one saying y'all don't talk back. They the one saying that y'all be cooking and pleasing and going wild and y'all freaking the bed. They the one said that. We the one with y'all. Like, come on. But it worked both ways because there are black men that hate the fact that black women like white men or are attracted to white men. They don't understand that. But why? Cause why? Cause they say they, they got they they got head, they like they get good head. They ain't why most black women with white men. They ain't got nothing to do with it. Because not all not all white men know what they're doing. They don't. Just like not all black men. You know, so it's just that part, I don't get. But see, men take digs. I ain't his fan no more. He make me sick. Somebody, his mama told him he was going to marry a white man, a white woman. Bitch, your mama ain't tell you shit. So quit lying. Why she told you that? Because you was always with white girls? Then probably so. But if you've been dating black girls... Ever since you started dating, your mama going to come out the blue and say, you're going to marry a white woman. I foresee it. You're going to leave these black women alone. You're not going to want anything to do with these black women. Now you're going to marry a white woman. I foresee it. Really? Really? Your mama told you that. Stop lying on your mama. Your mama ain't tell you that. But I do have a confession. And actually, I'm not even going to talk about the confession that I have. Actually, I'm going to do like a little small little snippet with Mr. E because I found it to be very interesting, to be honest with you guys. It was about why men, and I I probably should be talking about this on a Friday, but I'm not going to talk about it on a Friday because I may not be uh, podcasting tomorrow, you guys. So, yeah. There you have it. But this is, but, but I'm, okay, I'm going to put it out there. I'm, you know, I'm just going to put it out there. Okay. Why, if a man is attracted to his woman, girlfriend, whatever, 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 and they just did to do it, whatever, whatever, why men jack off? Why men got a whole woman in the bed, get up out of the bed after he been and did whatever with his girl or whatever, and go in front of a computer, watch porn and jack off? Somebody asked me that. And I said, well, it could be a few reasons. But they didn't want me to go 
into certain specifics of everything that they said in the email or whatever, whatever. And this was another podcaster or whatever. But I said either they're really not attracted to you or, and they were probably just really, really horny at the time when y'all were, you know, when you gave them some and, 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 you know, if you, if he got off, which he probably didn't, but if he got off, he probably made himself get off quick so that he can actually go, you know, get off the right way because some men like for women to talk dirty and nasty to them and their main girlfriend or woman may not be into that type of stuff so that's probably why you know and and she was like but I don't know because I don't know it you know I can assume you know what I mean and they said hypothetically what if it was you you and whoever you're with was having sex you think you just put it down when she didn't say it like that but you you think you had did something and then you go to sleep you get up in the middle of the night and you catch him jacking off where you hear this woman you know and then you go looking because you hear a female voice of you know like erotic you go in and she's on the computer you know, calling him all kind of nasty bees and, you know, telling him what to do. And he's jacking off to her. And she was like, as mad as I was, I, I couldn't walk away because a part of me was curious, too, to why he was so excited from that. And she said, I watched him have what seemed like the most amazing orgasm he had ever had of pure pleasure and it didn't come from me it came from somebody off a computer why I don't know why you know and I said well maybe you're not freaky enough maybe you're not wild enough maybe he liked to talk dirty I said try to find out what type of porn this was he was watching because they're all different type of porn I said, and sometimes the most grimy porn is usually what a man like. You know, if a man is into dominatrix and submissive and the woman is more dominant than he is, he like for a woman to talk, you know, not really down to him, but dirty to him. But some men like for a woman to talk down to him. And she said, but why? That's not humiliating. I said, no, not if that's what they enjoy. I said, some women like for a man to call them bees and call them whores. I don't. I wish you would call me a hoe. I wish you would call me. I wish you would. You won't have no nut sex when I finish with you. But that's somebody else's enjoyment. You know what I mean? I don't like people pulling my hair. Some women love that shit. You know what I mean? So everybody is different. Not everybody the same. I know somebody that, you know, very kinky. You know, she's very, you know, she's very out there. Not out there, but she's, like, freaky. You know what I mean? Like, she have had, like, some freaky experience and things of that nature that she enjoyed. But 
looking at her, you wouldn't know that. You wouldn't have a clue that she was into some of the stuff that she was into or was into or had been into because she's in a relationship now or whatever. And, you know, they don't do that type of stuff from what they do stuff, but not some of the stuff that she have done. So people are just different. So, you know, but I'm not going to babble on. I'm just going to get Mr. E on the phone and I'm going to surprise his ass. Because I'm going to see, because we're not podcasting again until Tuesday. But guess what? We might could do this. We might can add this on our podcast for Tuesday and we won't even do a podcast. Yes. I'm smart like that. Watch. Unfortunately, you guys, me and Mr. E kept getting uh, anchor kept dropping our calls and then re-recording us. So we're not going to be able to do it. And I'm not going to be able to get um, his opinion on it. So to my inquire, I'm going to tell you this. Q&A question. Why men jack off to porn even after they've had sex with their girlfriends? Um, most time, a man haven't been fully fulfilled sexually, so that's why some of them jacks off. I'll be honest. Sometimes a man need a woman that's a little bit more dirty. Not talking about not clean. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about... A woman that's more verbal, a woman that may curse more, um, a woman that doesn't mind a man talking dirty to them in that sense. I don't know what type of porn or whatever he was looking at. So my suggestion to you would be because it's, it's I could tell that it bothers you, and I'm I, I'm sorry for that, um, because I know what it feels like to wonder, you know, if you why you're not enough for a person. Because like I've said on my podcast before, I was cheated on. That's not the same thing in a sense. But I, you know, this person kind of taught me pretty much everything. You know what I mean? So I didn't understand why I wasn't enough. Because where I was emotionally, mentally, um, in our relationship, I was, very submissive so at that time honestly I probably would have done pretty much anything um for you know for him in regards to our relationship um because that was how I thought that's the way uh, you know I did things but now I'm you know if I if it doesn't sit right with me and I don't feel comfortable, I'm not doing it point blank in a period. And if you get mad because of something I'm uncomfortable doing, then we have some issues. We have some problems. So I wondered sometime why this person couldn't be faithful to me. Like why you had to do me this way. And I'm sitting there thinking like I'm not an ugly woman. I look good. I take care of myself. I don't sleep around. Like I've been with you all my life. I mean, when I met you, I was a virgin. So it's like, what's the problem? You know what I'm saying? So I would say to you, 
that I would try to figure out what porn it is that he is watching. And he, I mean, cause clearly you want to figure out what you can do to keep him from getting off to porn. And you want to make sure that he's attracted to you and want to be with you and not faking it. So I understand. So find out what type of porn it is that he like and he enjoy. Look into it, research it, practice it, record yourself, like do some stuff, like just kind of teach yourself the different sexual things from that porn. And, you know, maybe you can, you know, I'm not going to say get great at it, but you could if you constantly do it. Or maybe you can get to the point where you're comfortable enough with doing it um, for them. So I would say find out what they like, what kind of porn or whatever it is that they're they're watching. Figure out a way where you can record yourself and practice and teach yourself different things. Practice saying certain things that you may not be comfortable with saying now. And he may know that you're not comfortable with saying it with now. Or if I were you, I would practice and research it a little bit. And then I would kind of like take him out for dinner, like a birthday, even before a birthday, like one weekend or something like that. And it'd be like, you know, I want to talk, you know, blah. It's like, I want, I want to ask you some stuff, but I don't want you to be offended. And I don't want you to look at me different. I don't want you to think that I'm like this weirdo or that I'm crazy or that, you know, you don't make me happy. And, you know, kind of like open the door like that. And he's like, well, okay, what's up? What's going on? But like, I've been thinking about some things that we can add to our relationship, kind of like spice it up a little bit more. Like, I don't want us to just be boring, and I don't want you to get bored with me. You know, kind of like that. And, you know, he'd be like, well, what have you been thinking about doing? Or what is it like? I want to know what you think about, you know, me talking dirty to you or me blah, blah, blah. Whatever type of porn it is that he was watching, if you get a chance to figure out what it is, kind of like bring that into it and see what he say. And I guarantee you, he will be for it. The problem that most relationships go dead sexually is because people are not honest with each other about what they like, what they don't like, what they want, and what they won't do. Because even if there are things that a woman won't do, there are ways that a woman can please a man if that man still communicate those things to that woman. Because if a, if a woman says, I'm not doing no head, I'm not going down on you, mm -mm -mm. but then a man like, well, I give you head. Okay, but I've always been like this. That hasn't changed. What else can I do to make you happy? Figure out something else that you really love doing that she's willing to do that will make you happy besides her giving you head. I mean, I'm just saying. So it's a way you can work it out. And then my thing is this. If you don't be a bugaboo about a woman giving you head, and you don't make a woman feel like she have to, that woman will eventually give you head. She will eventually give it to you. Now, I ain't going to say she's going to do it every time. But she will gradually start giving it to you more. Like, whatever... My advice to men when it comes to that, and my advice to women when it comes to the porn or satisfying a man you have to know what your partner like and what your partner don't like vice versa you a man have to be able to read a woman's body her face expression her voice just her enactment the way she's receiving being with you like a man have to be able to understand 
everything about that woman that he's with. Because if you actually could understand everything with that woman, you will know exactly how to please her. You will know exactly what to do to please her. And you will know exactly how far you will go to please her. And you will learn that it's pretty, very easy to please this woman. And the more you put in the work to please this woman, you will actually be able to see the difference of change of how willingly she is to please you. You know, some women are a certain way, like myself. And there are some things I'm stuck in my way about. But I gradually open myself up to do things. But I'm going to do it my way. I'm not going to do it the way somebody else wants me to do. But if a person is constantly giving me what I need, yeah, they're going to be happy. And it's the same thing, you know, vice versa. You know, I think if, if everybody's honest, like really honest and really sit down and say, hey, I like this, I enjoy this, blah, blah, blah. And baby, we don't have to do this all the time, but I just would love for us to just like do this sometime or add this in sometime. I guarantee you it will change. You know, you can't tell a woman, well, hell, you don't want to give me no head and you don't want to do this. And I guarantee you, you don't give me no, I'm going to go get it from somewhere else. Bye. Bye, Felicia. Go get it. You can't talk to a woman that you claim you love, that you want to, her to do something to you in that sense and expect for her to do it. You can't call a woman out a name. You can't fuss and curse with a woman and argue with a woman and then think makeup sex is going to be like, y'all get in the bed, you rub her back, and then y'all go at it. Y'all not 16, 17 years old anymore. That shit worked then, but as a grown woman, that shit don't work on a grown woman. No, you got to... Babe, I'm sorry. I was an ass. Let me rub your back. Let me give you a massage. Or let me rub your feet, honey. Like that. Shit like that. That's what you have to do. Kind of beg, grovel a little bit, that type of stuff. But you can't get up in no bed and rub a woman on her back and be like, then that's saying you, you expect for her to roll up and say, come do me, daddy. Nah. Mm-mm. Because that woman can do her own self. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Because men need to understand. Yes, women like toys. But women love the real thing. However, most women, such as myself, when it comes to sex, I am emotionally connected to it. I can't just have random hookups. like Stuff like, like I respect other people and if that's what they want to do. But I don't understand it. That's just me. I don't, I don't, nah, that's just for me. You know, that's just my opinion. So if I do, if when I'm with a person, it has to be emotional for me. Like I have to be connected to that person some type of way. And it has to feel right. I, I don't like to feel pressured or I don't have to feel like there's an obligation or, hey, you know, we went out for dinner, so I'm expecting you to give it up. No. Don't do, like, no. Don't make a woman feel like since I took you out for dinner, so you're going to give me some coochie. Like, you can't do that to a woman and expect for it to be good because then you're like, the sex change. We don't even have sex like we used to. It used to be. The reason sex isn't so central and so good and happy and just open and just free because you're treating it like it's expected. It's like it's a bill. 
you're not you're not treating each other as if you both deserve that goodness and that they are the best thing for you in that moment or whatever, however you want to word it. And like, I love you so much. I just love being with you. And I love the way you make me feel and all that good stuff. Because a woman can love being with a man. But I'm telling you, if it ain't connected in certain sense and you make a woman feel like some type of obligation, that ain't, it's because eventually it's going to be like an arrangement. So I'm just saying, get to know whatever it is that he enjoys, he likes. Have a conversation with him, kind of like ease into it. Because you don't want him to think that you're cheating or that you've been, you're not happy. You know what I mean? So just find an easy way to kind of open the door to the conversation and see what he likes or what how how he would like things to be with you. Or even if he thought about changing things sexually a little bit with you and him. And you'll see. So... I'll do me some research if I was you. I, you know, I would even like dancing sexy. Girl, you better go take your class. Take you shit. You ain't even gotta go take your class. Pull that shit up on YouTube and follow them directions on YouTube. Relax yourself. Get out your head. Loosen those bones up. Just get in a mirror with just you. Lock a door where somebody can't walk in on you. Make you feel some type of way. Record yourself. Look at your body when you dancing. Look at your body in the way you're dancing and compare it to the way you're supposed to be dancing and you will figure out what it is you're doing wrong. Because most time when a woman can't dance sexy the way they wanted it because they're in their head and they're thinking about it too much. And they're thinking about do they look good when they're doing it. Is my ass popping the way it was popping on her video? You know what I mean? Because everybody's ass ain't going to pop the same way. I'm just saying. So if you get out your head, yeah. So, put in the work, mama. Good luck. Enjoy. Have fun. All that good stuff. All right, all right, you guys. I want to thank you all for tuning in to my podcast. I appreciate the support, the call-ins, the emails. It means so much to me. Thank you so much. And I hope and pray that I can continue to get your support and your encouragement. I hope you guys are having a fabulous, thriving Thursday. I hope that it is all that you and God wanted and had planned for it to be. And I pray that you continue to thrive to be even better every day. And I pray that we continue to work on change. Learn how to love and forgive. Not hold grudges, not hold animosity. For us to figure out a way to come together as a whole and support and help make change. And never ever allow someone else's thoughts or opinion of you to dictate who and what you think of yourself. Always stay true to yourself. Believe in God and trust God. Remember to live, love, and laugh. Allow God to be God. Peace and love. God bless. Anita love to hate. To hate.